United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects if I had to sum up a lot of what we're going to talk about today, I would say it's very Great Gatsby-esque. Really? Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Hey, what's up? My name's Noelle, and what you missed there was Chelsea telling me the name of this episode is a Count of St. Germain, and I said, St. Germain? Why is that familiar to me? And then we pondered it for a second, and then she looked it up and said, oh, it's an alcohol, and I said, that's it. And then I looked at the bottle, and I said, that looks like a bottle straight out of the Great Gatsby. And then she hit record, and here we are right now. Yes. You are caught up. And I'm Chelsea. Um, I have a perpetual frog in my throat, and I'm always stuffy. You were so mucusy last episode. I don't... I'm always mucusy, but I was, like, more mucusy... And uh, you want to know it's gross? Oh, man. My allergies had been so bad. And then we got a new, we inherited a newish vacuum. So it's new to us, but it's one of those Dyson ball vacuums that were all that rage a while ago. Mm-hmm. We vacuumed with that, and like my allergies went away. Isn't really? that gross? Isn't that gross? Yeah. Yeah, dander, dude. Um, also, you are the living manifestation of the green mucus goblin from the old Mucinex commercials. Yeah, oh, that's me for sure. Yeah. When they get, when Mucinex comes and drives them out of other people's lungs, they come home to their parents' house, which is me. That is, uh, <laughs> they can that always come true. home to mom and dad. That is true. It's been that way my whole life. I was born stuffy. Like, that's just been my existence. You were born clogged oh. up. Mm-hmm. How's that? My nostrils collapse when I try to breathe through them. And girl, you've shown me before. I just wish that you had access to a real doctor. Yeah. We wouldn't have these problems. Yeah. Oh, before we get into the episode, I wanted to share something with you today. Um, Unrelated to the depressing capitalist hellscape that we talked about on Patreon. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw a video, a TikTok, if you will, of a, a TikTok. Of a girl. (laughs) And baby, did she make some valid points? She was like, the one thing I can guarantee you, if you were to get in a relationship with me, is that I will never cheat on you. And this is why. It's not necessarily that I'm loyal. It's that I hate men so much. I saw that one. I hate men so much. I can, I barely and only tolerate you. Yeah, that's. And I was like, you are so right. You're so right. Because to cheat on a man, you would have to, I mean, unless, you know, you're cheating with women, but this is a different story. If you're cheating on a man with another man, the problem is within the sentence. Another man. You have to let another man into your life Uh inside of you. And frankly, there's no version of reality in which that is the case, mama. It's like feeling nauseated, so you settle your nausea by drinking throw up. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's exactly it. And, <laughs> That's exactly um, right. I know our partners, well, I don't know if yours listens to the, maybe he does. Mine listens to the uh, podcast. And 
when we were just roasting them last week, they mentioned that they would want to do a Patreon where they defend themselves. I said, bitch, bet. And all and of a sudden, they got real quiet. They real, got real quiet. quiet. It went, it went it's, it's so funny to me. The amount of times people ask to be on the podcast to talk about a topic, but then you retort with, do the research. Absolutely. Yeah. And then show it's like, us your, show us your um, script, right? Yeah. So it has to be a meet, at least four pages because that's what we've figured out is at least an hour. And yep. um, uh, Tara likes things to be over an hour. And we do it for Tara. We only do it for her. So uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, give us four pages of your script uh, with mm -hmm. research and um, we'll preview you guys to do an episode. And yeah. it was crickets, baby. Crickets. It was crickets. crickets. And I they, was like, I wish you would. I, and all you know, they I wanted to do is off. defend themselves. I'm like, you can't put together at least bullet points of what you're going to talk about. And it could have been like a Patreon um, I don't want to force people to pay to listen to either of them. Uh, I do talk about the, just talk about the bare defending the bare minimum. I know. And I say the bare minimum with love in my heart, but like, <laughs> yeah. I'll give an example. Um, Ty has a really nice, deep, big bathtub, and I don't drag me on this environmentalist. Uh, um, <laughs> I love a bath. Same. I am a bath gal. Girl, my I joints love, hurt and I got to soak I, them. Exactly. I love to soak. I love to baste. I love to sit in my filth. Uh, mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, hey, could you, I'm also very weird about like, I have spray bleach and a scrubby that's on like a stick. It's, but mm -hmm. it's like, a, it's an appliance. I didn't just like DIY it. And yeah. I just do a quick little tss, and then I, you know, I let it sit and then I scrub it and then yeah, I, I take my bath. I don't want floaties. I don't want like, yeah, well, soap like residue or things. I don't like want that. soap residue, hard water residue. I washed yeah. the dogs in there. Like I just, yeah. Even if it was me in it before, I just got to do my quick spritz, and then you know, peace and love. Insert here what you imagine a man who lives alone's bathroom to look like. No, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I keep mentioning like I would love this. I want to take a bath here, but like this is also what I need to like be able to do that. And so then he was just like. Well, I got you the thing so you can clean it for yourself. And I'm just like, that's not what I was trying to say. Actually, I have a – this might get into dangerous territory because when Oliver drops the ball, he drops the ball hard. So. <laughs> but like – so um, I don't want to punish the good behavior, which was buying me the things yeah. that I asked for. But I also want to be like you were 50% of the way there. Yeah. It's let's, you, let's you now you made me responsible for the gift, and I didn't want to be responsible. I yeah. might cut this part out, actually. I don't oh, well, then don't say it. it then. The don't okay. say it. I won't. I'm going to actually cut this whole part out. No, <laughs> don't leave it. Oh, I feel bad for making fun of Oliver. He's been going through a. All right, here's another one. Maybe I'll cut the first thing out with the whole pizza thing, but here's a good one. Um, Oliver knows. This is gonna be so wonky when people listen, and they're not gonna realize that like seventy five percent of it was taken out. <laughs> I was just bitching. We cut it out. Yeah. No. Um. I will say. Oh, I can't say this either. Oh my god! But you if pussy Oliver bitch. knows, if Oliver knows that I want to take a bath, sometimes he'll just drop a big stinky turd in the bathroom right before <laughs> I go in there, and we have multiple bathrooms. Why does he have yeah, to do the is. one in which I'm gonna take a bath? That is pretty fucked up. So, mm -hmm. so anyway, very healthy bowel movements, and they were very, 
there. I mean, at this point, it they feels unhealthy are. because they're so often. I know, right? Like, the anomaly like, that is that man, he can fall yeah. asleep when he puts his head on the pillow. That's fucking weird. Within yeah. minutes. Minutes. Yeah. Like, faster than I can brush my teeth. Um, it's too fast. It's too fucking fast. I don't know how to trust it. Sometimes I'm like, hey, do you even like me? And I think that the insecurity comes from the fact he falls asleep so fast. You know, you're not he, wrong about he that. He should be awake and worried with how much he loves me. But he's not. <laughs> he's just asleep. I agree. It should wake him up in the middle of the night. Just cold sweats and yeah. screaming. Yeah. Um, nope. Sleeps like a baby. So, um, all right. Let's talk about the Count of St. Germain. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So, man has been on a quest for immortality since at least 600 BC. Period. Why? Who's trying to live longer? This is enough. I, yeah. This is more than yeah. enough. Well, this they is didn't. Too much. They could just exist then. Like, you only live till you're 30. You'd have a good run. If your life was shitty, you could just die of typhoid, maybe. But if your life was good, you got a full, like, fucking 30 years. You could be I a just grandparent feel like- by then. Oh, God, living to 30, 30 being the max, what a glorious time. Honestly, getting old is so overrated yeah. and dumb and cheap and cheesy and tacky. Um, yeah. But like what was really happening in 600 BC, like a, like a, a sand gust would kill you. Yeah, like the dawn of civilization. Who's trying to live through that? Not no, me. No, no one. Um, but the earliest known mention of immortality, or the concept of it at the very least, was from the Epic of Gilgamesh. Which not we've the, talked about it. Yeah, not a the little? first time. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about um, it. And it's the earliest known literature in mankind's history. If you remember anything of us talking about, like the hero's journey and stuff like that, Epic of Gilgamesh is the one that we are referring to. Um, and we, as just humans, have always assigned meaning to the afterlife. And even now, we're obsessed with beating our greatest enemy of all time, which is time. I'm not trying. I'm not. Speak for yourself, Chelsea, oh, who wrote no, this. well, you shut the fuck up. You got preventative Botox, and then you couldn't laugh at how bad Justice League was. I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, that has nothing to do with the afterlife, bitch. That has, that has to do with time. now. That, that has, has everything to do with time. Now. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're gonna- okay, so I'm going to read this next sentence. Here we go. It's fun to look at the different celebrity historical doppelgangers from time to time and imagine if they're harboring some supernatural secret but what we are looking at is likely cosmetic procedures, Photoshop, yes. and the miracle of Botox. Really, what we're likely being sold from Hollywood is nothing more than lies. I will say that your Botox is great. I think it is smart to do preventative Botox. Thank you. But you are 100% fighting time. I'm fighting the effects of time. I'm not Same fighting way. time itself. Fighting mm. time would mean I want to live here forever and be here forever. I just want to look hot for my yeah. blip of the moment. I don't know, man. You're still pissing in the wind a little bit. Just a little. Just a little. Not even a little. A little. Yeah, you gotta... It's like you sneezed and you had a child. So, like, you can't sneeze after you've had a baby because a little pee will come out. So, that's what you're doing. You were just comparing two different versions I've of told, time. I told you I am dealing with a, a gnarly brain pain right now, and I'm trying to just rub two synapses together. Yeah. Um, you're the one who's fighting so, time, not me. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I was out of it. Um, and there was a lot of supposed immortals in history, too. 
And mostly they end up being like religious nutcases. Um, but there are a few here and there, such as one of the Knights of the Round Table, Sir Galahad. He's a pretty popular one. Um, he apparently achieved immortality by finding the Holy Grail. Think of like the old knight in Indiana Jones. Classic. Uh, and Nicholas Flamel, who was a real life person from the 1330s, who apparently deciphered a book called Abraham the Mage and found a spell for immortality. And if he sounds familiar to any of you, it's because he is from Harry Potter. He is the guy who made the Sorcerer's Stone in the novels. Hmm. Hmm. The, the Harry Potter books infamously written by none other than Miss Britney Spears. Yeah, we retconned that history and we've made it our own. Thank you, Brittany. Mm -hmm. You Thank you. Deliver. Um, so instead of really diving into the fun lore of people who made magic stones or guarded the last cup of Christ, we want to instead dive into a real-life historical figure who history hasn't quite figured out yet, a.k.a. the Count of St. Germain. Count of St. Germain also sounds like a rapper. It does, yeah. Is St. Germain he, also a rapper? I think St. Germain is a rapper. Or <gasps> Germain is a rapper. This all makes sense. Okay. Um, so while his real name and background are pretty obscure and unknown, he was prominent enough in 1700s European high society that we can narrow down enough mentions of him to piece together a really good portfolio of information. Horace Walpole, an 18th century... <laughs> <laughs> what Pokemon is that? <laughs> So he was, hold on, I have to drink now. <laughs> also, well, a drink is a drink, it's not water, it's alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I have Mio too, but I needed a little carbonation. Um, so Horace Walpole, famous Pokemon, was an 18th century politician and writer who once wrote about the Count in 1743, stating that he was initially arrested on espionage charges, but was quickly let go. Um, Danish prince Charles of Hesse-Kessel, uh, I did not look up how to pronounce that, but I decided to put my best pep into it. You sounded um, good. Hesse-Kessel also noted that St. Germain was one of the greatest philosophers who ever lived. And Voltaire, who we all know, um, even sarcastically dubbed him as the Wonder Man and that, quote, he is a man who does not die and who knows everything. So... A few years later, he was also mentioned as one of the notable influencers of King Louis XV, but due to societal infighting, he left France and bit-bopped back to England. And my favorite historical mention of him came from Casanova himself, and who wrote about St. Germain in his memoirs, and he specifically wrote that he found it very interesting that um, all of his dining experiences with the Count, and he also found his stories, quote, astonishing. Which I guess is as harsh as they could get in those days, because apparently that was a read. But if someone told me my stories were astonishing, I would think that that was a compliment. No, uh, I could see, well, I feel that it's a read now, but especially in the context of like, yeah. you know, the 1740s. If someone was like, that's astonishing, I would be like, yeah. oh, they're <laughs> calling me a fucking liar. Yeah. Um, so some people just didn't like him, but really... <sighs> I would like describe him with a lot of the swagger as Rasputin because don't you dare a lot of people really fucking liked him. Don't you fucking dare. Hold on. I just had some poltergeist activity and shit went flying off of my. That's because you just insulted (laughs) Rasputin. Rasputin because like this guy clearly to me is like, oh my God, you're going to beat my ass. 
who's the teacher from Harry Potter who was like a fake teacher? He had lied about all of Pearl? his Lockhart. What he kind of looked like he was exploring the Amazon. I think it's Professor Lockhart. I think it's Lockhart as well. Um, he's like that's like the, the flashy blonde one is Lockhart. Yes, yep, exactly. Yep, that's exactly what I'm okay. talking about. Yep. Um, yes, defense against uh-huh. Darker. Yep, 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 him. That is the vibe I'm getting. Like he walks into a room and it's completely divided. Fifty percent of the people think he's suave, intelligent, philosophical, deep and divine, and the other half are like, "I see through you. You're." a fucking liar, fake, and a phony. And Maybe. that's the vibe I'm immediately getting from this guy, which is why the poltergeist activity just happened. Because <laughs> you just insulted actual historical cool guy and notorious big dick yeah. monster. Rasputin. Ooh, not anymore. Little eunuch Rasputin came for me, huh? Um, and he knocked a credit card swiper off my desk into the garbage can. I've never been less terrified. That is the most metaphorical... <laughs> And literal. Yeah. Actually, maybe that was a very, maybe it's like, if, if we're talking Pokemon here, then Rasputin would definitely be a slow bro. And he's like, capitalism, like a full hour after we talked about it. You're so Um, right. (laughs) All right. In that case, I take it back. That was really cool. Thank you. Thank you, Rasputin. Um, But considering that he hung out with Casanova, it's obvious that the Count of St. Germain got around. First, he was found amongst Russian political circles, then French circles, then German circles, and everything in between. And while he may have popped up on the radar in the 1700s, he's been getting spotted all the way into the 1900s. So how exactly could someone just pop up out of the blue, become wildly important, and then disappear just as mysteriously? Well, we will answer that, but first we are going to dive into the known background of the Count St. Germain. And I will say you are feel free to take this with a grain of salt. Um, I'll take it with less than that. Okay. So he was likely born between actually I'll make sure to interject known facts versus like maybe more conjecture, but I'm pretty sure you'll think you'll know it's obvious when it hits. Um, Can't wait. So fact, he was likely born between 1691 and 1712. Pretty big gap, but whatever. Um, and he was in he was known in social circles as an adventurer, philosopher, artist, and alchemist. Oh, fuck you. Don't highlight my sources. <laughs> according to according to liveabout.com, the count the wait, count, wait a damn minute. Wait a damn minute. Oh. This is one of the worst sites I have ever. Look at the little seen. flamingo. Are we looking at the same The first site? thing it says is bag and board your comics. That's yes. really good fucking advice. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. This is, mm, this, <sighs> Live About is part of the Dote Dash Meredith publishing family. Let's take a look at that. We are America's largest digital and print publisher. Okay, celebrities, Lady Gaga. You know, I'm going to just, while you try to dissect that, according to liveabout.com. I don't even know how you found this information because this website reads like a fifth grader's online project. I'm very skilled, Noelle. Okay. And I take my job seriously. And this is why I'm going to be a successful doctor of cryptozoology. Yeah, you look at (laughs) a resource by complete face value. 
and take it as fact. So I think you will actually thrive in the cryptozoology field. Um, I will say that the 1691 and 1712 fact came from Wikipedia. So great source. On also, bookmark here. <clears throat> Do you remember? Um, I don't know because you're old. You may not have remembered. Yeah, I am very old. But um, were you forced to take like a computer class? Yes. And you went over citing sources, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny? Or even even um, into, I would say, high school. Because in college, no one gave a fuck. But in high school, they would be like, you. I specifically remember for English being like, or history reports being like, you can't use Wikipedia as a resource. Yeah, because it can be edited. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then meanwhile, meanwhile... People are just making phony websites with bullshit information, <laughs> um, white paging it, uh, yeah. doing like scam URLs so it looks like a legitimate site, but it's actually two lowercase n's next to each other rather than an m, yeah. like doing the phishing type of shit. And it's like, you stupid fucks, you were bamboozled. You were mm-hmm. too busy criticizing the golden goose, which is Wikipedia, that you missed the fucking real the real CIA agents, mm-hmm. which are these fake websites like um, the one you just mentioned above. A trick that I used to do in college when we'd have to have like X amount of sources is I would just go to Wikipedia and copy their bibliography. Copy their bibliography, babe. <laughs> Big thing to do, smart thinkers. Big brain. Because um, at the end of the day, what is Wikipedia? A beautiful fucking source. Okay. Is. And we'll we would respect on. it. <clears throat> so... The Count maintains that he was the son of Francis Bracosi II, who is also known as the Prince of Transylvania in the 1690s. This is Is this going to be about vampires? Not quite, but partially. Also, sorry if you heard me burp. I tried to keep it in my mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry for I keep clearing my throat. I just feel like I need to cough so bad. Just um, put yourself on mute and cough. Is that what you're doing right now? No, I'm hovering my mouse over mute so that when I do need to mute, I can just click it and not have to find it. I don't know if she's doing it for real not or not. It's an actor. <laughs> Acting. No, that was real. And I okay. coughed from my chest that time. So there you go. Prince Francis was 100% a real person. And he did have unaccounted for children that he mentioned in his will. Most notably, his eldest son disappeared at the age of four, never to be seen again. And the prince just assumed he died. Sure. But while this origin story can seem far-fetched, it definitely explains the wealth and the knowledge of high society that St. Germain possessed. And if he had Do been you part, think is anyone really retaining information at four? So this I do want to preface that this could definitely be like the type of a man in the iron mask type thing where he was moved away by political enemies to either be protected or as the firstborn son, not be a contender for the throne, um, which is kind of like where that's getting in. Like, because he was royalty, they didn't outright kill him, but they did remove him from contention for the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, so going even further than that, some people do think that it was, he was actually part of a political scheme to either protect him from his father or from his father's political enemies and that he was whisked away from court at a young age, which definitely isn't unheard of. Like, there's lots yeah. of stories of people who just have to come back and contend for the throne. Um, people, like, all the time. 
Mm -hmm. So he claimed that he was educated at the University of Siena and often accredited his knowledge to his long tutelage there, which would be a long time um, considering if he started studying there when the university first opened, which would have been in the early 1200s. In her book called The Comte de Saint-Germain, The Secret of Kings, Annie Besant compiled a genealogy of the Count, and in his book she touched on the likely possibility that he very definitely could have been related to the Prince Francis, and he could have been his son. Genealogically, there was a connection there. Um, But in more fantastical claims, and these come from the Count himself, he had information about the wedding of Cana, which is where Jesus turned water into wine. Thank you. I needed that because I had no idea what it meant. You're welcome. And then going even further into religious history, he claimed to have been at the first court of the Nicaea in 325 AD, which I didn't know what this one was either, but this was apparently where the Bible was first assembled in full. See, did no one just have the balls to be like, liar? Some people did, but he backed up his shit with knowledge and he was never actually caught in a lie on any of his stuff. Um, I mean, I guess we're in the time period where if you just go a town over, you can just be someone else completely. So why not? Well, we'll definitely cover how fucking smart he was because he was no slouch. Um, So as previously mentioned, his popularity as the Count of St. Germain didn't really start getting notated until 1742 in high society Europe. Again, from liveabout.com, he was Mm -hmm. fascinating. And now I'm sure you've heard of different ways high societies stayed entertained back in the day, um, which all sound really boring when you think about it. They're like, oh, we're going to watch people dance like for four hours and do a maypole, um, which may be fun. (laughs) But imagine if that was like your only entertainment or to like sit in the dark and listen to someone like recite sonnets. Like I just think. I actually think that sounds kind of nice. It would. I don't know. It does sound nice. But if that was your only entertainment. I don't know. I listen to like spoken word poetry. I have a playlist for it, but I just don't know if all forms of entertainment would just keep me satisfied. What about jesters? All the time. I don't know. I heard jesters, like our concept of jesters isn't necessarily what we thought they were. I heard recently that a jester's job was to actually deliver shitty information to the king in such a way that the king would not get offended. So like a so singing like a telegram. Clown. Yeah, they'd be like, hey, I heard that your, like, political opponent has, like, a son, and he's, like, a really good military guy, and he has, like, really good prowess, but I heard he's a eunuch, and then the king would be like, ha, 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 eunuch, and then, like, you know, he would get all of his information that way, Hmm. Um, but it was, like, delivered. That is upsetting to know. That's just what I heard recently. I that's upsetting information to me. Deny. I actually think that's more cool than like a regular jester of just like a no, fucking. No, I want him to be like dance for me, silly man. And then I maybe he did that. He could be doing that the whole time, like dancing and juggling, and be like, "Ha ha ha! You're gonna be beheaded in a month." That's true. Okay. Um. So now. Let's see, where was I? Oh, so after living with the Shah of Persia for five years, he learned enough brilliant jeweling crafts that he was able to create wearable art for the European nobles. And he would uh, often give like very extravagant presentations of him putting together pieces. He was also fluent, here we go, um, in Sanskrit, Greek, Arabic, Chinese, Latin, Russian, English, Portuguese, Dutch, Spanish, German, and French. 
and could literally carry on conversations with anyone at court, ensuring that no one was ever, ever left out of his company. So, like, I'm talking, like, the from the very bottom peasants who maybe didn't speak the language, who are, like, you know, slaves all the way up to the fucking king. He communicated with everybody. So he's a very charismatic dude. Um, oh, fuck you. According to CoolInterestingStuff.com, which Noel just highlighted, he also played the violin flawlessly. He was a master painter, and he always traveled with a laboratory. And he would keep his intricate experiments and alchemy work with him at all times. And something very interesting to note is that he was also very, very rich as hell, but never seemed to need to go to the bank, have anyone manage his money. Um, and he was also linked to several secret societies, such as the Freemasons, sure. Nations of Light. Illuminati, mm -hmm. Order of the Templars, and there were more that I couldn't pronounce, so I did not include them. What, uh, why is Illuminati put in there? Girl, um, that was a nasty one. But why is Illuminati so put in there and, like, everyone, like, Knights of Light and Order of the Templar, like, those are for real. I feel like Illuminati has become such a boogeyman. Of but the it's, like, not real. It's, like, I think like, Illuminati you know Skull and Bones is real. Yeah. I feel like Illuminati is like the like the Santa Claus of what our parents were in the sense that our parents were the ones giving us the gift. The Illuminati is like just the f fucking folklore of what actual elite societies are. I guess is the only way I can explain it. I mean, it's I become can... I just yeah. I don't know. It just—it's not organized or anything. Right. Like when I see Illuminati, I think of like banks. I don't think of like the actual Illuminati, like as its own secret organization. You think of I, like the monopolies of like I, banks and big pharma. I, I think of it as a placeholder term. You know, okay. like if I would, you know, like I just think of yeah. it as a placeholder term. I don't really put much value into that. Okay, so. But it is hardly believable that someone, even in our lifetime, could accomplish so much unless they happen to have more time than the rest of us. Or they're Beyonce. Well, Beyonce is actually probably, okay. Beyonce probably actually is part of the secret society because a lot of what she does is rooted in um, hidden messages and things like that. So I bet she's fucking sacrificing kids and doing the whole hidden eye thing. We can get into that later. She doesn't have um, to. She's so talented. I had a dream that Beyonce was part of the Illuminati, and ever since then, I can't trust her. You and every other crackhead online, you yeah. fucking weirdo. Yeah. I do wish her well, though. Like, I don't hate her. She's a very talented woman, but I also think that, like, Beyonce would kill me and never face any repercussions for it ever. And I think that she should. I wish a bitch would. <laughs> so... Um, but I agree that being an eccentric man doesn't necessarily an immortal make. But there are some clues to his history that points to him having a little more up his sleeve than just time and money. And in fact, let's talk about money and some of the more appealing rumors about the Count. So banks did kind of exist in this time in the sense that there would be places to manage money. Um, and although he was incredibly wealthy, he was never known to ever bring money with him or transfer any funds when he was on his travels. Pause here. You, you said like 
there absolutely would be banks existing at this time. You also know about, like, in ancient Greece, like, gladiator times, they had, like, fucking billboards and advertisements, and they're, they've even found almost fully intact what we would essentially call, like, fast food restaurants. Like, not with a drive through but, like, a walk-up, there's, like, mm-hmm. a giant, you know, like, table that they make the food for you at, and it had, like, special little advertisements, like painted onto the sides of it to show that it was like this specific restaurant essentially and that when they were originally making gladiator the movie they were going to include like some of these original um and everyone was like no yeah they were like people wouldn't believe it they wouldn't believe that it's time period ac- accurate because like no one was ever taught or told that but it's actually like historical fact I and i totally found. believe that because i think they're called beaker cups but there are cups that are found all over the place in like Mesopotamia areas. And they're just like these little tiny cups and they're like, like fat. It's the same thing. It's like a fast food thing. They were like disposable cups and they're called mm-hmm. like beaker cups. Um, yeah. At one of the like fast food, it's not really fast food, more like a sit down restaurant that also had like a to go walk up area mm-hmm. in ancient Greece had an area for your um, pets as well, where they would like oh. come and get a drink. Um, and yeah, anyway, I just thought that was super interesting. Um, look it up or maybe we'll talk about it one day. Cause I think it's so fascinating. We should, we should talk about the horns of consecration too. Cause they're everywhere. No one knows what they mean. It's a good idea. So one, so it's, it's very weird that somebody at that time would not travel with money, but what he always did have with him was his lab and he was borderline obsessive over keeping it with him. Um, He never worried about anything else except having his lab. So it's here that the rumors about the Count being an alchemist really start to take hold. That's fair. So for those of you who need just a super quick refresher on alchemy, it's a premise that through chemistry, you can transform matter. So in most circles, it's a belief that you can transform metals or lead into gold, or you can even find a universal elixir for immortality. So considering that he always had wealth, but never had money, it's a very interesting thought to hold on to. So in addition to this, um, just him always keeping his lab with him and having precious stones, he was also able to do, I thought this was really cool. um, He was able to take precious things like diamonds and pearls, and he would take a bunch of them and then hold them in his hands and then somehow seemingly meld them together into one larger pearl or one larger diamond and this was documented a lot where women would come to him and they'd watch him do this stuff and it very definitely could have been a sleight of hand but i just find that so cool like if somebody actually like think yeah. on that shit this is the thing to me it doesn't even matter if he was really bonding it or melting it or whatever smelting it it's even if that was just sleight of hand magic, baby, I love sleight of hand magic. Oh, I'm, I'm so, I think that's so fucking cool. I'm not even mad. And if he just carried large diamonds on him just for the love of the game to do magic tricks, I respect that more. I do. That's a hustle, babes. So he would also give tonics to friends that would remove their wrinkles and dye their hair, seemingly transforming them before everyone's eyes back into their younger selves for a short period of time. He just actually knew how to make like an AHA, BHA. He just gave oil. he just gave him sunscreen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gave him sunscreen and a three-step skincare regimen. Yeah, he's like, wash your face, drink water, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, pull your hair back when you sleep. And they were like, he defies like, age and time. Yeah, I wasn't as cool about the dye your hair, but the whole wrinkle thing. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder what his secret was. So this one is also fun. He was also known to dine with his friends on the regular, but he was never known to actually eat anything. When he was asked, he would insist that he did live off of a simple diet of oatmeal. But again, no one ever saw him eat or drink. And what Babes, happened? Yes. Seek therapy if that is also <laughs> your your habits, you know. Luckily, like, you see me drink all the time. It's true. You also hear me, like, cough up all the phlegm from all the bullshit that I eat. Yeah, I clearly can tell you're eating cheese. Um, she just muted to let out the nastiest guttural yeah. cough. Probably fully mucus. <laughs> Cheesy yeah, mucus. I did have feta, feta cheese with my dinner. Um, yeah, I could tell by the way you sound. So what happened next to the very strange and inter- interesting count of St. Germain, you ask? He died, Noel. <laughs> or did he? Mm, typical. You see, everyone fucking knows that with immortality, that unless you really want to get discovered, you have to fake a death or two now and then. That's actually true. So while the count supposedly died in 1784... All his sightings in the 19th and 20th centuries would say otherwise. Now, quoting from coolinterestingstuff.com. There you go. In 1785, he was seen in Germany with Anton Mesmer, a pioneer hypnotist. Some claimed that it was St. Germain who gave Mesmer the basic ideas for hypnotism and personal magnetism. Official records of Freemasonry show that they chose St. Germain as their representative for a convention in 1785. And after taking after the taking of Bastille in the French Revolution in 1789, the Comtesse de Ademar said she had a lengthy conversation with the Count de Saint Germain. He allegedly told her of France's immediate future, as if he knew what to come. And in 1821, she wrote, "I have seen Saint Germain again, each time to my amazement. I saw him when the Queen was murdered on the 18th of Brumaire, on the day following the death of the Duc de Enghien. I'm so sorry." Good in job. January 1815, and on the eve of the murder of the Duke of Berry. Last time she saw him was in 1820, and each time he looked to be a man no older than his mid-40s. He is like a harbinger of death and doom. Yeah. He oh just my shows God. up when people are dying. I didn't even think about it. What if he's injured cold? Yeah, that's more what it sounds like. But all of these, like, remember, he's supposedly died in 1784, and all these dates came after he was dead and these were people who knew him so it wouldn't just be like he was spotted by someone on the street who thought he looked familiar like these are people who he was in their lives but again i'm not like this is a time like i've said before where you could just hop a horse and buggy over to the next town and become a completely different person so to fake your own death easy but it's also like the early 1800s it's not like too yeah, you still could kind of just get, them, absolutely. get away with me. People are still getting away with murder. No so, one knew. Well, let's jump then from Europe into the good old U.S. of A., specifically in the early 1900s. In the high-ranking social circles of New Orleans, Louisiana, a posh and interesting man began making the rounds. Regarded as insanely intelligent, enigmatic, and interesting, this guy was hosting the funnest parties and frequented all the popular gentlemen's clubs and drinking establishments in the area. 
building a reputation for being basically the most interesting man in the world. Oh, so this is where it becomes like Gatsby. And some called him a little weird, but eventually he would come to be known as Jacques Saint Germain. Coincidence, Noel? I fucking think not. When does he buy the mansion on Long Island? I <laughs> know, <laughs> he does actually get a mansion in New Orleans. Um, so Jacques was essentially a copycat of the Count. And he would recall historical details with such accuracy that people would often believe he was there. His knowledge of the violin, opera, jewelry, and the ability to speak a whopping 12 languages, just like the Count could, caused people in the area to start the rumors of the man's alleged immortality. And in fact, if you take a look at the two men, it's impossible, other than looking at the dates, to make any real distinction between the two. You see, much like the Count, Jacques would attend lavish dinner parties, but was never seen to eat or drink anything. And while Europeans in the 1700s assumed he was an alchemist, the old Yankee doodles just thought he was a straight-up vampire. Uh, it, oh, yep. Huh? Louisiana, baby. That's a vampire. Oh, 100%. Um, and that's also where the vampires go in the vampire diaries, or the werewolf hybrids go. Fun fact, just exposed myself for the shitty CW dramas I like. Yeah, that was so embarrassing for you. <sighs> it was embarrassing. Um, I'll drink about it right now. You should. So I thought honestly, you were going to make like an interview with the vampire joke, but you no, went CW. I, I did feel very interview of the vampire vibes from this. Um, just if they're like bouncing around with chaos all the time. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I am surprised that the vampire rumors did not follow him around when he was in Europe. But that's probably because the rich and elite were protected from such claims. Like mm-hmm. he had enough money to back it up that people just thought he was eccentric and not a vampire. So now to our American benefit, people just weren't throwing out vampire accusations out of the blue. And although people thought there was definitely something maybe supernatural surrounding Jacques, it wasn't until one disastrous party that his reputation really took a turn for the worst. So during one of Jacques' popular dinner parties, a woman found herself going through the window and plummeting to her death below. The police did arrive and initially thought the woman, rumored to be a sex worker, had committed suicide as one final middle finger to the men who treated her so poorly. But oh, you thought, Noel. I, I, yeah. Simple, stupid Noel. Yeah. Uh, that's not what happened at all. So you see, there are enough witnesses on the street below who saw the woman's death and told the police that there was no real way that she just straight up committed suicide. Um, because just before she died, Witnesses were drawn to her throwing a massive fit on Jacques' balcony, and they could only describe her behavior as being so terrified that it was almost animalistic. And although witnesses didn't see Jacques touch her or push her, they claimed that to try to get away from him, the woman jumped from the balcony on purpose to her death below. Uh, ah, ah, I don't... don't, hmm. And to make the claims even crazier... The one was taken to the hospital by the police because she didn't die right away. And before she succumbed to her injuries, she claimed that she had jumped from the balcony because Jacques had tried to bite her in her fucking neck. I want to believe he's a vampire. So desperately, I want to believe that he's a vampire. Why not? Just let go and believe, Noelle. Just believe. You know, it's not that easy. Um, And the police were going to arrest the hell out of him, too. But by the time they got back to his house to do so... He had disappeared. 
His house didn't appear to be in any disarray either, and police believed that he just got up and left without packing any of his belongings. And while they didn't find anything necessarily damning, they were drawn to the vast amounts of red wine that Jacques seemingly collected. Did they fucking taste it? And even stranger, most appeared to be open and placed at random areas in the house. So one cop decided to take a sip. And to his horror, it was a mixture of wine and you guessed it, Noel, blood. Here's the thing. Again, I want to believe it's a vampire, but I would just as quickly believe that if you told me Gwyneth Paltrow drank half blood, half wine because she thought it made her look younger. Oh, I believe also, it. You know what I mean? It's Ooh. like the okay. fact that it's blood and wine. There's like those weird, and I'm going to just say it. Those weird goth people, you know, the mm-hmm. ones I'm talking about. Who, like, we know. Drink, they're, yeah, we know. It's not they're regular listening. goths. It's a weird goth. One of my things. <laughs> um, the weird goths who, like, do a little bit of blood play. Consenting yeah. adults, it's fine. A little weird. Uh, people do it all the time. But yeah, have, like, literally. And also, of, like, like, blood wine. Vampire facials are real where people, like, <sighs> get needling done on their face yeah, to Kim massage in their it. own blood. Mm-hmm. You know, blood play just doesn't surprise me anymore, is all I'm trying to say. I've yeah. looked into the void, and it's looked back. And when someone's like, oh yeah, I drink blood, I'm like, okay, get um, in line. I actually read one, um, it was like the most disturbing Reddit threads of all time. And one of them was a girl really was obsessed with vampires, and she wanted her boyfriend to become a vampire. So she kept her tampons in the freezer and then she would defrost them and squeeze out her defrosted period blood into the food she made him and she was wondering how long it would take before he started craving her blood for real why would she freeze it first i think she could just put it straight wise, in the, oh that's fair but also she just wasn't up for baking on her period and honestly who is that's also fair okay you make valid points i redact my statement <laughs> thank you <laughs> so i have another fun one for you um, not about Reddit, but about podcast. Um, in the 1970s, a man named Richard Chanfrey claimed to be the Count of St. Germain. And he did get a little popularity, and he would joke about being rich from being able to turn lead to gold. But the most interesting thing about him was his suicide in Saint-Tropez in 1983. And we say suicide here loosely because to date, only a suicide note was found, but the body of Richard Chanfrey has never, ever been recovered. Fun. That is fun, isn't it? That's a picture of him, by the way, next to the count. Um, they're both men. Yeah, I don't see it. But honestly, <laughs> like, someone could show me, like, a drawing of, like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes I look at pictures of George Washington and or like drawings of him and i'm like i can't picture what he would fucking look like in real life um, yeah i just can't my brain doesn't take from the uncanny valley and make it real. have you seen um where they have the ai recreate historical <sighs> and oh scary huh yeah where they kind of look around the cleopatra one messed me up no like not even not even that so that's the one where they can make a picture move but mm-hmm. this is like they have an ai take multiple paintings and portraits of historical feet like people and make that like show what they would look like like it, yeah. real it's spoopy i'll yeah. find it and i'll send it to you please so hold on got a mute to call
incredible. Oh, she stuck her tongue out like a goat. Um, one. So, so who was this guy? Was he just an insecure but brilliant poor who made up elaborate lies so he could kick it in high society with Europeans? Mm. Please, Noel, I'd fucking die first. Of course not. We've seen that one. F. Scott Fitzgerald told us all about it. What about Jacques or Richard? I mean, we have many alleged immortals in history that we've talked about before. And some of them are just in one of the worst movies I've ever had to sit through. Which movie? Not Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you talking about Dracula? No, we just... Twilight? are, are Are you for real right now? What movie did we just watch? What is the worst movie we've seen this year? Eternals. There you go. Yeah, those were all terrible. My bad. <laughs> I tried to forget. I tried to forget. And um, what were the Eternals made up of, Chelsea? A group of what? Celestials. What are Celestials? Immortals. There you go. All comes you back. know, um, actually, I was trying to like do a lineage of like the Celestials to Eternals to Deviants. And that whole thing is so fucking dumb. Well, that's what happens I- when you write part of a story. It blows up, and then you have to backpedal and rewrite the past and try to make it line up. The thing that's so frustrating is, like, if they would have just let Jack Kirby do his thing, it probably could have been very fleshed out. But what he started in Marvel, he had to then carry over to DC with the new gods, and then Marvel hired him back, and they're like, okay, do it. But he had already established so much history in the new gods that he had to try to, like, redo it. I mean, an actual pantheon of gods that, like, mimic... Like, you know, Greek heroes, but actually being, like, modern-day, like, superheroes. That's, like, fucking fun. Like, Icarus. All that stuff. And they just completely kneecapped him every... I'm so frustrated. Let's move on. Um, (laughs) I was just thinking about it in silence in my car. About, Mm -hmm. like, how great it all could have been. The concept is good. The concept is good. The story is bad. Yeah, and I love the idea of ancient aliens having like a divine sort of intervention put into comics like because that's really all it is it's it's just mm-hmm. like chariots of the gods but put into comic form exactly and that eternals were here doing like mutations to our dna and then you actually get mutants or you get humans you get deviants that's all so fun and then it could have done like a war against god himself in the form of like humans fighting eternals or even mutants yeah. fighting eternals but they didn't well, do that, any of that and then the story continues on because what happens when you know what what do we know about when people interject in history in the natural order of things it always you know fucks up some something yeah. in the timelines and then you get you know yeah different issues and all of it you know it's fine Actually, okay. I only thought that you were going to hate on one website, and it was this one. So, according to paulwanders.wordpress.com. Oh, my <laughs> God. I fuck you in the URL, because that's the only one I thought you were going to have beef with. Here's the problem. I make fun of you going to WordPress sites. Yeah, I know. I know. I was has, excited for you to see this one. It has never actually been something as yeah. bold as a dot wordpress because <laughs> usually they end up buying the domain so they at least hide the fact that they're using wordpress you know this what? guy I'm couldn't be bothered for the 399 yeah. because he was like nope we're keeping it i will say that i do pay to see some content and i will never fucking tell you ever that is the worst news i've heard all day yeah i'm glad i hope it ruined your day it did um 
So he actually had really cool stuff. So I would say go to paulwanders.wordpress.com because he just, he writes well. And I actually do want to quote his site specifically on what 10 possible theories about who the Count of St. Germain was. I don't know if um, between now or when you did this and now his website has gone down. But it's asking me if I want to register paulwanders.wordpress.com. Has he lost the rights to the site? I really hope not. I hope that my one hit, that the, actually the two hits he's gotten today, did not overwhelm his very small <laughs> server. <laughs> his free everything. plan is up. That's really shitty. I hope not. I did find his theories through a search, and then that's how I did it. So maybe like the front end of his site domain is different than like where this was registered paul if you need help with your domain i guess let us know paul hit us up but also again these are all direct quotes from his site very very interesting theories so the first one of who the uh, count saint germain could be so some believe him to be cardophilus who was the legendary wandering jew and he was the one who was a roman guard um, for the high, one of the high priests in Jerusalem. And he was the one who slapped and mocked Jesus of Nazareth on the way to his crucifixion. Um, this is actually a pretty popular story of the guy who mocked Jesus. He was then cursed to never die and walk the earth alone until the end of his days, until Jesus' second coming. Isn't it funny that that always tends to be a punishment and yet people are always trying to find immortality? It's like we should learn something here, yeah, but we don't, we don't and learn. we never do. This one was my fucking favorite. Others think that he is no less than Merlin, King Arthur's legendary Merlin, the man magician, the world's most famous wizard, still dabbling in magic, alchemy, and intrigue centuries later, only this time spying for the likes of King um, Louis XV at the Palace of Versailles, rather than English monarchs at England's ancient Camelot. Mm, I do like that one as well, because I, I love Merlin. Yeah, I do same. love Merlin. Um, others, still others guess that he was the alchemist and alleged immortal Nicholas Flamel. Um, we talked about him a little bit. Obviously he was made even more famous in the Harry Potter books. Or if you prefer, this is the fourth theory that he was all of the above. He could have been the reincarnation of all the famous mystics in succession, including the seventh century Sir Francis Bacon, the famous uh, statements, statesman and scientist. I'm losing it, man. Um, <laughs> Meaning that it makes sense that he was essentially all of these versions were just him reinventing himself. Um, and that's he wasn't necessarily being like reincarnated, but he was just maintaining the secrets of his previous lives that he was living and not dying. Um, fifth theory is that he is an immortal ascended master, chief architect of the Egyptian pharaoh's pyramids, and now existing on in another psychic plane as the violet flame. Um, it is a belief shared today by thousands of members of the International Theosophical Society that the I Am activity, the Summit Light and House, and the Church of Universal Triumphant. I think I'm going to edit what some of these are saying because they're making it sound less cool. <laughs> yeah, they're making it seem less believable the more you go on. Or, sixth theory, he is the last survivor of Atlantis from 9600 no. B.C. I don't like that one. Um, This one's actually really fun, too, because I have a book about this, that perhaps he is one of the fallen angels or watchers, as from the Hebrew Book of Enoch. 
The watchers were angels who succumbed to human sins, cursed from heaven by God himself, not to the fires of hell, but rather to walk the earth. The true curse. mm -hmm, And they were doomed to wander the planet, spreading mischief amongst the all too willing humans until the very end of time. I do like that as well. The banned books of the Bible would be a really fun one because the book of Enoch is one of them. I know. I feel like we've talked about dabbling in it, but it's like, it's so tough. It's a tough read. It's very dry. Essentially, Mm -hmm. watchers were giants. So... If I if the Book of Enoch sounds familiar, it's probably because we talked about it in the Giants episodes. Um, but essentially, Watchers came down, bred with human women. Noah would have been the children of one of the women and the Watchers. And guess what? They produce albinos. Ella, Noah was said to have eyes that were like the fire of the sun and hair that was like super white. It was a mark of... You hate to see it. Yeah. Um, or theory number eight, maybe he was a time traveler from the not too distant future, suddenly influencing mm. past events, but only from the shadows and the sidelines. This would explain his encyclopedia knowledge of historical events. Mm. I don't like time travelers. Yeah, I think they're fun. I just don't like them. Okay, so num- theory number nine, how about a lone alien from a distant galaxy crashed and stranded on our primitive planet centuries ago? This would explain his non-human longevity as he quietly observes the Earth's chaos over centuries and occasionally steps in to help the hapless human race through its many wars, missteps, and mishaps, a pattern that still continues today. Hmm, I don't know if I just can't get behind an alien leaving its planet to come here and hang out. Maybe it was an Especially exit. through all of, like, the worst of humanity. Yeah, but he could have been, like, um, crash-landed. He could have been, like, that lady we talked about. Mm. Okay. Last week. Was that last week? Yeah, no, the week before. So the last theory, he was a vampire, cursed to live forever, taking beautiful lovers in each continent and century. Yeah, I think this is good. I think this one is nice. Yeah, that one's fun. Is that one your favorite, the vampire theory? Yeah, well, also, I will say that it does help that he was in Louisiana. Yeah. Louisiana, during the um, 1900s. I know that kind of like adds to the credibility of it, right? Because I'm like, if yeah. you were a vampire, you'd be in Louisiana in the 1900s. Yeah. I personally want them all to be true. My favorite is Merlin. The one that I would like to assume is most plausible is the alchemy theory, where he was just a very brilliant guy who figured out longevity through alchemy. I think that one's fun. Um, yeah, I do agree. If we were to try to pick the one most based in reality. Mm-hmm. The alchemist Sorry. one. Yeah. I think that ascended master thing too. I don't know if I've ever heard of that. The chief architect of the Egyptian pharaohs. Ascended yeah, no, I've never. Master? Yeah, it I sounds almost- fucking cool. It sounds heavy metal. It sounds like the name of an album. Yeah, we should put that in our episode notes. But that's essentially it. That's the Count of St. Germain. And the fact that he's getting spotted into the century, I still think is like interesting. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. So. I do love that for him. Yeah, I also love the idea that it's just like maybe someone like people continuing on with the ruse. Like I don't know if you've heard the story or seen the pictures of the guy who made giant um, penguin feet, huge, right? Huge mm-hmm. penguin feet, and he had attached them to his shoes, and he would put them on, and he would walk around the beach super early in the morning. So when people came, they would think a giant fucking penguin was there to the point where like scientists and like I love that like 
people came out like to do studies and try to find a giant penguin. Mm-hmm. And it ended up just being him and a ruse all along. I love that. I think yeah. that's super cool. Or the fact that like it's just one like the dread pirate Roberts. There's always like a new guy taking Yeah, there's a new guy. Yeah, he just yeah. Yeah. I do either way, either way. I do like it. I almost like that one a little bit more that it's just like, there's always that one guy who fills the spot in history Mm -hmm. because to me, it speaks to like the little glimmers of hope that we like in humanity that we still have like this, um, kind of like a James Bond. Like, yes, just like a James Bond. Like there's always, there's going to be someone who just like fills in and it's that like, the illusion of disbelief. Like it, it's encouraging yeah. enchantment, but it's actually just normal that. people. That one's but, super fun too. They're all really fun. I don't like the alien thing. Yeah. I don't like aliens. I don't like time travel. I don't like Atlantis. I can't believe you don't like Atlantis when we did a, our whole like past life regression thing. I just don't think this is the guy. Yeah. He could like, while I believe that people maybe from Atlantis could like share knowledge back, like their Lemurian seed crystals or what have you. Um, I don't want to give this guy that title. No, he feels like not. something else. Yeah. He's not doing enough to be from Atlantis and holding the secrets of the universe. I feel like Atlanteans would be so interwoven and secretive in society. I don't think that they would be like hanging out in high society type things. Yeah. And he's not like trying to benefit anything. He's just doing parlor tricks and making hot people hotter. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Those are my thoughts on that. Dr. Miami. Maybe he's Dr. Miami. Oh my God. He is Dr. Miami. (laughs) We figured it out. I bet you want to know what I fucking saw. There was a Netflix series on about Jimmy Savile. And I'm like, we're always breaking it first. So I bet you that there's going to be a St. Germain. Netflix or a Dr. Miami Netflix. As far as I'm concerned, they're the same person at this point. hundred percent. So um, speaking of the same person, we're not, I'm at Noelle Fane. That's at Sith Lord. You can find us on everything at go to hell podcast in the podcast bio or any of ours. You will find a link tree, which if you click to can take you to our discord server, our private Facebook group, our merch page where you can still get the um, protect trans kids merch, which 100% of the proceeds goes to fund um, basically what is an information sharing project to learn, know, help, and prevent against the horrific legislation that's happening in the United States right now all over, unfortunately, all these fucking states that's um, specifically attacking trans kids. You can also find a link to Kelly Holloran or Wildwood Owls Etsy page where you can get stickers, pins, and bandanas. Um, We also have links up there to still help Tim's family as they grieve and heal through that huge loss. And um, links to donate to Ukraine. Yeah, thank you. And that's everything. Hail Satan. Oh, wait, I forgot the most important one. A dollar for fucking Patreon. (laughs) So as a link to our Patreon account, where a dollar gets you in. I'm also going to say I'm out next week. I'll be at Coachella. And um, Chelsea, take the week off as well. Just share this week's Patreon with everyone next week. Actually, you know what? I do have a Patreon episode pre-typed out. Maybe I'll just read the typed out Patreon, do a little secret episode for the Patreon people, and then just call it good. Yeah, give 
give Patreon their special secret episode, and then give these polls. Give them the recycled Patreon content that we did today, because I do think it's still an important conversation about the horrors of capitalism. Okay, a little little preview-preview. Yep, we'll do that. Sounds good. All right, well, we'll see you, you cool kids, in a while. Great job. Thanks. Uh... I always, I never expand the window so I can just end the meeting. I was like, we can end on a good note, but then we have to wait for me to open the fucking window you so I can end the meeting. have to watch you struggle. Gone, damn!